there's the educational use of technology, there's hybrid classrooms, there's blended learnings, there's all these terms. But in reality, like, what's what's the objective? Like? Hello, and you're very welcome along to another edition of The Staffing. You just heard Dermot Walsh there talking about the Digital Learning Document 2020. Himself and Helen O'Kelly go through the document, and they ask the question, what are the objectives? What are you hoping to get out of this Digital Learning 2020 document? What is blended learning? And more importantly, what is blended learning to you? So each of them asked the question, what is blended learning and how technology is applied to blended learning and how it affects the students? I hope you can stay with us. It's definitely worth a listen. Don't forget, as always, you can get us at Ceci Tweets on Twitter. You can get me directly at Hassan Debat on Twitter. And of course, you can get us on the Ceci website. That's the Computers and Education Society of Ireland website. That's www.ceci.ie. We have an online forum there of about 2,000 teachers. We want to hear from you. If you're a teacher in education, third level, primary, post-primary, then you want to be on that list. Feel free to ask any questions and the list supports itself. We're open source at its best. So I'm gonna hand you back to Dermot and he's going to uh, finish his discussion about digital learning and blended learning and what it means to you. I think we both mentioned, and it was highlighted in the report, that the educa educational use of technology at primary and post-primary, that there now, there should be a focus on knowledge creation, I think is the term that they use. So I think that the digital learning framework, for example, builds on the UNESCO ICT teachers competence framework. And like if we push everything aside, so all these terms, I think we, we discussed this last week as well, where mm -hmm. I think we both enjoyed the idea that this is just learning now, that never mind hybrid learning, never mind blended learning or, or all of those terms. So what what is knowledge creation then or how how do we how do we achieve that in schools? I'm just looking at it there on page 19 and it says that from the observations of the inspectors in primary school it was about 45% of lessons um, could be said to have aligned with knowledge creation and in post-primary lessons it was about 52% is, is my reading of that chart there. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your interpretation of, of knowledge creation now? So my interpretation is that um, where you, you're giving students tasks um, you know, they, they've, been, they've learned a certain amount in whatever, uh, let's say, the content and some, let's say, uh, software applications that they're, they're going to be using, okay? And I'm, I'm talking across any subject here, um, and that they have to, like, whether individually or, you know, as a group, they have to create something new out of that you, through technology, you know, you, using some sort of software um, application um, uh, so that you know it is it is the the students individual interpretation of the content that they've been taught and that they can develop it in you know maybe it is, it is as a podcast or it's a film or it's a you know a coding you know um, artifact which is a game or a, you know an interactive quiz or it could be um, you know a, a presentation that has you know sort of animations in it or you know this interaction so it is it's what the students uh, either individually or as a group 
how they interpret it, given the skills. So it's, you know, it, it's just, you know, a, a new sort of way and a different mode of, of interpretation to what would have maybe be done before um, in, in a more sort of static, sort of on the paper type of uh, an accomplishment. Yeah, and that's that's important, isn't it? Because there's three there's three stages in that UNESCO document. I think in the digital learning framework there are two stages. There's um, effective practice and highly effective practice, obviously, and that's that's key to it, isn't it? So we're 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 obviously trying to move away from traditional teacher-led approaches to educational use of technology. Even then, we're trying to move away from. I think the term they use is knowledge deepening, which, which in my own interpretation is very kind of individually constructivist. And it's towards these, these socio-cultural, socially constructivist, towards those type of, of learning um, environments that they're really looking, looking for evidence of educational use of technology, for example. And th there's obviously challenges with that. Because my understanding is that we're trying to prepare the students for a future which we don't really understand yet, where they're going to be working in, in jobs which haven't been created yet, and they're going to be solving problems which we don't even know exist yet, for example. And that's, that's very hard for any teacher then, isn't it, to, to sit mm -hmm. down in the morning and they may be, they're teaching Irish or they're teaching history or they're teaching English, and they're saying, well, how can I get my students to, um, to engage in a knowledge creation approach while working within, I suppose, the, the system as it is, for example. So I know a primary school, um, I have 10, 11 subjects that I need to teach during the week. And is it achievable for me to take a knowledge creation approach or, or is there anything that we, 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 we could say could assist a teacher to engage in a, a knowledge creation approach. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that there certainly are uh, challenges. I think with with that knowledge creation, and I think one of them is time and the timetable, and you know, um, the demands that students have if they're doing you know many uh, projects in this similar vein. You know, trying to for students to manage their time, and I think what. What, like one of the key things here are looking at the key skills, which is communication, making sure that it's very clear to the students that they know what sort of the, the parameters are, that it's, you know, uh, and they know when the deadlines are, what's expected um, in terms of assessment, you know, if it's at junior cycle, you know, understanding what the marking scheme is um, and understanding that there's, you know, there needs to be uh, you know, reflection process as well on the projects that they make. But to 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 boil it down, I think it, it is uh, if you as a teacher are managing uh, projects like this, this is uh, as you say, it's not necessarily you, you're not standing at the front dictating what they have to do. You're handing over the you know the um, the the responsibilities to the students and, and in their groups and you as a teacher then have to manage the these groups so you know certainly you know my experience uh, i teach in, in computer science uh, at leavencert is that we have to do these uh, four group projects and so you know i i, I sort of turn it sort of manage it like a, as if i'm a software developer 
manager. And so you have is the. That, is that your that's, that's, that's your background, Helen, is it as well? Yeah, that that's my background. So I would have worked in industry, and you know, so the way I do it is that you know you have X amount of weeks um, to to do it. So they have a, a schedule to follow. Uh, you know, broadly speaking, you know, you know, you have to temper that to whatever year they're in or whatever age group they're in. But so also, what years do you teach? Anna? What years do you first, teach? First to sixth year. So I have, I yeah. teach computer studies from first to sixth year. Uh, so that would be digital literacy, plus I infuse it with, with um, programming projects. And then I would teach um, Leaving Cert Computer Science, which is obviously fifth and sixth year. But I suppose what you're, what you're thinking about is that with the difficulties of knowledge creation is managing the projects and managing the groups and they managing themselves. So you need to have uh, sort of processes in place to, to do all that. So you, you, so you have your learning management system. So it could be, you know, if you're working in Google uh, you, or if you're using OneNote or, you know, if you're using um, any other collaborative sort of uh, systems, that you're managing those, pro they're managing their projects, you know, by sharing documents and that they're all contributing. Because, you know, again, you're not only doing knowledge creation, you're, you're managing group projects and you want to try and get as much, you know, um, input from all of the students as possible. And they're, you know, building up their, their strengths, I suppose. So, so if, I, if, I walked, if I walked into your classroom then, right? So what, what, yeah. what you're trying to describe there is that you take a, certainly a project, approach, a collaborative project approach to the teaching of computer science in secondary school. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, then, so I, I would so I'm teaching so what I do as well is like I have my first year, sorry to cut across you there and damn it. Yeah. My first years uh, I'm I'm sort of introducing them to what effectively is the way I teach computer science at fifth and sixth year, you know? And so what I'm doing then is they they know what they you know they know their they have to work out what their roles are um, you know, uh, and you know, teachers would be used to this because, like, there would be certain roles, and to, but also making sure that they understand what those roles mean. You know, uh, you know, what are the tasks and the responsibilities for that? So again, that I'm coming from a computer science, but just bear in mind it could be in, in any subject. You know, so you've mm -hmm. got maybe a recorder. You know, you've got someone who's going to, you know, do the checking that everything is in place, you know, the, the production of it, you know, so you'll, you'll know depending what it is. And then also when, when the project starts, and I, I take me, and I'm still refining it, is when those projects start. So you could be in a class, and I've been in classes with 27, 28. So let's say, you know, I have, to, I typically have three in, in a group, maybe four. So you're talking about like uh, maybe nine to 10 groups in a class. So it's noisy. If you were to walk into my classroom, it's noisy, but then sometimes it's very concentrated, you know, they're, they're, they're concentrating. Um, and what you have to do as a teacher then is, and again, it depends on how long, you know, I have one hour classes, you're going around. So maybe one of the classes you're doing a little bit of theory at the beginning, but then you say, okay, off you go now. You have to work in your group. So they're sitting around maybe a couple of computers, or if you're not in the computer lab, they're working together and they might have their devices, they might not. And then you go around and you, you're working hard as a teacher because you're walking around to each of the classes or each of the groups, I should say, and you're saying, okay, uh, how are you getting on? What problems have you had to solve? What problems are still outstanding? You know, if, and critically what I ask them is, and uh, is, okay, uh, and I indicate this to them at the beginning, um, if, if everything's on task, do you reckon you're agreeing? Okay, if you're having any problems, you know, with, the, with your project, and it could be technical, or it could be, you know, trying to get, you know, an interview, there could be some 
or you know there could be some other issues they might be in an orange but they're in the process of solving it or are they in a red uh, red means that there might be something major that they can't manage so they might need help from you or th maybe they're not working you know it could be as simple yeah. as that so each week you're going around or each class or you know you you work it out yourself you know and asking them and so when the and more what you also have to do is you have to track that so that they can see that you are tracking that and that you're you are also being responsible towards them you're managing them but they're also managing themselves and and i don't say when we're in the middle of these projects i said i'm not giving you homework you know what you have to do and they do know what they have to do and that, yes, that's yeah. very empowering yeah and so so right so for example if we're to imagine a traditional class with teachers up at the uh, the whiteboard and i even at this stage, I think that that, that concept is, is long gone, if you know what I mean. But you're not, so when you go in and you start your class, I think you said there that there is some kind of, um, some bit of theory you teach maybe at the beginning. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then how, how are you structuring that? Are there any models? Like, are there any, so if a teacher was to watch the show and they were saying, oh, I'd love to take that approach that Helen O'Kelly's taken, for example, what kind of models are there available for a teacher to structure this type of learning? So um, you mean pedagogical model, models? Right? Yes, yeah. yeah. So what, yeah. what I do is I'm using the Bridge 21 learning model, okay? So, so that, that's, you know, it's been developed by Trinity College. And uh, so I did, you know, I, I've done the certificate in Trinity uh, for that. So what it essentially is, it's, it's like, a, it's an iterative model. It's a learn, it's an active learning model. So you have like a warm up session, an investigative session, and then you go on and there's, you know, um, a reflective session and presentation sessions. So yes, they are going through this process. Yeah. Okay. And you might end up like, say, like, say in your class, you know, you might get to, let's say at the end of the class or during your class, you're just going through the investigative uh, sort of, part of the model and that you might iterate that over a number of classes in that week or for the, a couple of weeks and that's absolutely fine and then you know you and it's all it's quite fluid as well you might go back and forth between the creative and the investigative you know and so it's in there in that investigative part is where I would be you know explaining a little bit of theory to them and then they have to go off and, and to create and then as the project progresses they're they're going on through that model uh, to the point where then they're presenting and typically what I do is when um, they're presenting I bring in uh, invite people to come in to them so and they wouldn't necessarily be teachers in the school they would be external and that is yeah. very very powerful and then at the end then they, they reflect and reflection is really key it's an evaluation of their work of their project you know and you know like we're, we're you know we'd be very familiar with doing that but it's that combination of that model um you know that is it's very powerful and it, it augments the key skills that are in, in junior cycle and that senior cycle you know would you do something like that dermot in your classes yeah you know, so, so the two of us have have that shared experience i think of of experiencing certainly the bridge 21 model um and i i would agree with you like it's, it's supposed to explain to people it's it's a model where it's a 21st century learning model where individuals work as part of a team and there's a specific team methodology within it. I think that comes from the scouts, if I'm, I'm right, it's based on the patrol system of the scouts. 
and then there's there's maybe seven steps in a process. So the team come together, they engage in a, is it an icebreaker, they warm up, or they might yeah. do, do a bit of brainstorming or whatnot. Um, then they're given a problem. And in the problem then they have to sit down, they have to make their own, they have to, they have to make sense of the problem. And I think as you were saying last night, with all of the groups in your classroom, because of the different combination of the different variables, which are the individuals, they each make sense of the problem differently. So if you and I and Hassan were to sit down and, and come at a problem, we would, might come up with a different problem than other uh, three, three other people would, for example, because we all have, what is it? There's, we, we different schema, I suppose, haven't we? Or we, 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 yeah. we look at the world differently. I think that the model tries to ex extract that. Then they, they come up with a problem. Do they test the problem with, with users at some stage? Um, yes, so I, then they, yep. they have to present it, I think, isn't that right, to the rest of the group? Yep. They engage in a, a question and answering session, and then they reflect on the whole process that there's a group reflection, individual reflection. I think that's it broadly, certainly you might have missed a couple of yep. stages. But you're, you're saying that that, how, how can you ensure, I suppose, that the key skills that you're teaching how can you ensure that the kids are learning them? Because if someone walks into your class, for example, and they see eight or nine groups, um, I know when I've used it in primary school, you know, you might have three or four people sitting on desks. They might be tearing <laughs> up paper. Somebody else might be painting a box. Somebody else might be walking across the classroom to another group. And traditionally, and, and this I think is where we differ as we hit, hit on a point last night is maybe our experiences of coming in to teaching are a little bit um, different in the sense that your teacher training was based around this model I think is that correct yeah, whereas yeah. mine I came from which I would consider to be a very um, constructivist um, background which was was Freville um, College of Education but when I'm in primary school I suppose I'd, I'd feel a little bit, um, I'd, I'd have inhibitions, certainly, and I don't know why after the conversation we had last night, of using the bridge model all day long in every class or in any subject. Because as we said, like there's certain key skills there, which the kids, you feel that they have to know. Do you know what I mean? And in a traditional school environment, there was an established way of ensuring that kids at least were exposed to the, the, the content that you were teaching. You know, if, if, if either of us stood up at the top of the classroom, used an interactive whiteboard and taught something formally, I guess, we could at least write in our plans, yep, the kids experience that may not be the best way of learning. So why is the bridge then, why, why is this a better way of learning then? Or, or why does this yeah, hit on this knowledge creation area? Okay, so there's a lot of questions there, Dermot. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. So I think, uh, what? okay, so I want to break this down a little bit. So the first question then is just about the key skills. So if so, what we want is they're working in groups, and even if they're not working in groups, if they're working individually, okay, if it happens to be that, that case. The, the key skills, if we look at them, it's communication, it's problem solving, it's being creative, it's managing yourself, okay, and working with others. And even if you were doing an individual project, chances are 
you know, uh, again, regardless of any subject that you're teaching, and uh, that there will be times when you have to go and, and talk with somebody else, maybe to, to get inspiration or to bounce something off somebody. So, so that, that's, that's another way. So, so students have to, you know, let's say they've been given this deadline and they could be working about six or seven projects, you know, broadly in the same uh, time frame. So, so managing themselves is key. So, so you as the teacher also have to be helping them. And that's why you have to be working with them class on class or, you know, as, at least once a week in the class, again, depending on how your timetable works, to make sure that they are working steadily through you know the, through the project okay now they could hit problems and if they hit problems you say this is life this this happens what we want to do is you know you might be in some sort of a cul-de-sac whether it's technically or otherwise but you know what you're learning there is that if that happens then you either you know persevere and try and work that out you know and, and that's great or you might have to backtrack a bit and change tack and and you know go another way in creating this this content that you want to or, or product the artifact that you're trying to create so there's there, like i'm just scheming over there that's sort of the key skills there that uh, you're talking about why how, so then that there's the content okay so i would take the opportunity it's not me just letting uh, you know each each group and each class is always a group project there there, there has to be uh, well certainly in my experience you know you do have to stand at the front at there are times when you do have to stand at the front and you know explain some um you know like say theoretical aspect to it or you know but again there's opportunities i would sit i so, you know i have reasonably sometimes much smaller classes like say 10 or 12 students i have them in a, a sort of semicircle in front of me you know use your show me boards you know like your you know all this there's all various interactive things you could do and if you're doing this as you know let's say remote teaching you know, you could get them to, um, there's a whiteboard that you can use in, you know, let's say in Teams or Zoom or whatever. They could be writing answers there or they contribute, you know, you could, you can do, you know, you can work out these different things yeah. yourself. But yeah. you've got learning outcomes and what you're trying to do is, um, you know, those, those projects in the first place should be, you know, designed in such a way that they're, um, you know they're encompassing the the learning outcomes uh, and so that the and that is the content you know that you're 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 delving at now I, from a computer science uh, perspective they're reasonably open you know but um but they you know students have to learn how to code for example they have to learn how to read error messages they need to learn how to test so that that's very broad but yet it's very specific when they're actually working on a project so that's yeah. where and we were had you know quite a lot of discussion last night about how do you know that they've learned that you know they've yeah, achieved yeah, yeah. those learning outcomes and yeah. so in in a sort of I suppose a practical subject you can see what they've coded you can see how they you know in you know they can talk to you in those you know when you're talking with them when you're going around saying well how did you solve that you know problem there or also what I do as well as I have a design process log and that's just a name that I came up with. You can call it whatever you want, but basically it's, I use OneNote and they have all these sort of pages and they're writing, it's like a little journal, each of them in, in their group, or if it was an individual project, I I'm training them to, to write down the problems. Because sometimes when you're writing it, that's when you know, it, it triggers how to, to, to fix something. And that's, that's the, the learning, you get those aha moments. 
so so that's right and so i'm talking that's in a very specific domain if it's in you know let's say if it was in irish or maths or geography you're saying is like is this is it so so you're saying so obviously your your background is computer science anyway is that right you worked as a well, well it was it technician yeah yeah, yeah tech support and programmed and you know so that that would be my background you know um so, so when you're coming into teaching computer science then for example you can teach them domain specific skills because you, you you have that knowledge right and then you can use the bridge 21 model you can certainly justify the process by introducing those domain specific skills and things that you've mentioned there like a, a design log for example which sounds sounds uh, industry it, it, it well, is, is it a yeah. diary or is it a, it's a it, it's like a, it's like a series of pages so let's say page yeah. one and it's just a one note page so one would be like what's the name of your group okay what's your yeah. rule for the group what are the roles you know yeah. and what's you know who who is your audience you know like who's going to use this digital artifact you know so that could be for any project in any domain that you know any subject that you know it's not just specific to say a computer science project you know so and this is these are strands that are coming up from the bridge 21 you know where you have roles and rules and you know and then the next one would be brainstorming well you you know you have that in in any project that you would do at primary or secondary so you're you know it, you know you can be throwing down you know any screenshots or scribbles or anything like that and then then i would then have um and this now this would be maybe very specific to say to computer science projects you would have user requirements so they would be like say for things if you're doing a game well, look at that the arrows you know that if you press the up arrow yes it does go up you know what i mean but yeah, let's i'm yeah. just saying if if it was geography you know for example and i'm just thinking out loud well you want to see you know what would the user want to see well they want to see some graphs for example you know so that you yeah. know it would be make you know make some of the the text more alive so that might be you know if you think about it like that and then you yeah. go on and you have your algorithm which are your steps to go through that so i'm trying to think if it was um let's say history you know i mean you might have your your headings you know that's your algorithm in in a, in a history essay are your headings so as you go through that you know and and you just yeah. keep on progressing through the whole design process of it and that yeah. that's really what it is to the point where you're end up presenting and reflecting and i think that's you know applicable and it can be tweaked obviously to whatever subject you're, you're doing. And it, it's like very metacognitive, I and mean, that's a big term, but basically you're thinking about what you're thinking, you know? And that, that, that's it, by going through the process and by the kids themselves recording the process and then reflecting on it, they do, the next time they go through it, for example, the next iteration, they then begin to think about how they're thinking. I think that's, that's one yeah. of the keys, the keys yeah. to it. So like, yeah, that, that was the issue, wasn't, or that was one of the issues we've mentioned, like, uh, the assessment of it, for example. So this design log, or or what we could say maybe a learning journal, for example, or some some records of it as they go through. You can then sit down. You you can view that. That's that's the um, the traditional copy book, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if the like, and this this came up again as well. Like if the inspector walked in and said, "Well, can you show me how you're assessing this?" You've assessed it through a design log. Um, or you could assess it through a journal or, or a diary, for example. And then how do you make sure that the group isn't dominated by, you know, the, the Hassan of the group, for example, the, 
the extraordinarily talented talented child who, who sits in the class like how do you ensure that if they're in groups of three or four that each each member is um appropriately contributing or legitimately uh, yes. participating i think yeah Absolutely, and, and and that that's re a really important question. And also, again, if you were thinking that, let's say, in terms of assessment, and also if you were to be inspected, you know, um, that your your man, you know, that everybody is given an opportunity to contribute to the project. So let's say I, I suppose I have two hands. I have the, uh, you know, when I'm doing these projects, I have, and let's say, on one one side, I have the actual project that they're creating so it could be a podcast it could be a, a video it could be you know a website whatever and then on the other side i have what i call the design process log which is you know them documenting the journey they're thinking about how they created that there are many roles there are many roles that can be um you know divvied out to students and the students will, you know, the, they will know themselves where their strengths are. And so, so they will tend, and, and this is my experience, they will tend to stick to their strengths. And, and sometimes time is, is really important, you know, and what will happen is they revert to whoever's the strongest will get it over the line. Um, yes. So, yes. so, so that's what, I, but I suppose the point is, if you have that design process log, so you know, let's say if you were making a podcast, someone might be really strong at writing the script, you know, and then somebody else is, you know, is, has got a good track record in editing it and so on, where somebody else might be the filmmaker or someone, you know, else is the person who manages the whole thing, keeps it all yeah. together. So there's, yeah. there's do, those different types of roles. Uh, and if you, and then I actually, the other important thing is this, the person who's recording that. So I would always have someone who is responsible to make sure that the group is completing their design process log, you know, and that is a big responsibility because, you know, when I go back to assessing it, I can see where there's gaps and, you know, or, or there may not be. And, you know, that, that you, you can, and that usually, well, not always, but like usually the, 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 the standard of the design process log is sort of is in sort of in correlation with the actual project, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but you do have to balance trying to balance the who the, the met con contributors to the project. Okay. Um, and then you I, the framework I use to assess mine are um, I use the junior cycle assessment. So that would be, you know, this uh, is specifically yeah. computer science. Well, I well, well, it's it was used it's used at junior cycle, so you know, yet to meet expectations, meets expectations, above expectations, exceeds expectations. So I I have used that, you know, I that's how I assess those those big projects, you know, um, to 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 so so that they know that. So it, so I I look at so when I'm assessing them. I'm looking at the and and bear in mind that they're also going to present this to like external people coming into my class. Yeah. Their their classmates will also be witnessing that that um presentation too. And also I'm I'm you know assessing how they're presenting as well, you know, at the same so you're working really, you know, it, it's a very different sort of dynamic, you know, where you're working in the background. So the, there's so there's that assessment. There's the assessment um of the design process log. And then now I have smaller classes, so I do have the capacity, but I would talk with each of my students on an individual basis. This is, uh, and to say, how did you contribute? What problems did you solve? 
you know, how would you evaluate, you know, and so, so, and I give them, you know, a, 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 say a certain percentage. So that will distinguish, they'll get a group mark. They will get, they'll get their individual mark, but some of it will be group and some is individual. So, so that makes mm -hmm. it kind of fair. And if you iterate, if you repeat that over, a, you know, your, you know, let's say from first year to third year, students will learn, you know, that this is what they had to have to contribute. And what I would also say when I'm talking to them individually, and it might not be, you know, this might be during the course of the whole project, is that you, you'll see where they're, they're, they, they'll revert to their, their strongest, you know, sort of um, skill set. And you say, okay, your challenge now is that you have to, you know, switch to another one. Because ultimately, again, I go back to computer science, they have to do an individual project. So you're trying to get them rounded so that when they're, they'll, they'll be comfortable enough, you know, yeah. given their capabilities to get to that point. So, and then they have to do a reflection, you know? So I think you're, you've got assessment there, you've got reflection, you know, if someone was inspecting, you've got it all documented and, yeah. um, you know, so you're just trying to think as, as many things as possible. So, so there's a couple of things there. So first of all, like they're obviously um, they're obviously practicing, I suppose, the, the 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 four C's, if you know what I mean. They're communicating, collaborating, they're creating, and they they have to think critically as well. Certainly yeah. through reflection, through logging, all of that. So like that's you, you can guarantee by going through this process that they're engaging in those those skills yeah. certainly. And then what you've mentioned as well there, if we go back to your example of the script. So if we if we were to say, and sometimes Irish is a very good one to highlight because there are challenges in teaching Irish, there's challenges in kids learning Irish that maybe are um I don't know, I don't know if it's fair to say if they're they're certainly general, but you know, there's a perception around Irish, for example, that sometimes it's maybe not as um, engaging to learn, I suppose, from a kid's, a kid's perspective. But when you're mentioning there that if they were to do a podcast or if they were to write a, a short TV show or a short documentary, they actually have to use the the original kind of, the three R's there, don't they? They have to, there's reading, there's writing, there's mm -hmm. obviously arithmetic in, in computer science, for example, as well. But they're still honing those skills as well. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because to, to read, they're they're reading. You know, um, they might have to uh, read information. You know, that to get something to work. You know, and, and like again, you know, like that. You know, if it was Irish, you know, you're 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 looking at different resources and stuff like that. If you're using technology to create, okay, how do you make a you know a podcast? So they have yeah. to read there. Um, then the writing, you know, they're writing a script, you know, they're refining all of that. Um, they might have a voiceover, so they have to do that. They might have subtitles, you know, yeah. so it, it's very yeah. exciting. And if you're, you know, doing things through technology, it, you know, you can really lift it up, you know, and then yeah. there's the whole, you know, you might want to make it accessible as well. So that, you yeah. know, let's say your uh, English is not your first language. You could translate from Irish to Lithuanian or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, There's just yeah. so many things. And, and that's just, yeah. and then you've got the arithmetic. So you might be doing things like the timings of your script, you know, uh, you know, and this is, again, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Okay. At yeah. one minute, we have to have this, you know, ticked in, you know, how many, um, how many screenshots or how many um, frames do we, do you have per minute to, to, to get that? So, so there's yeah. maths happening in a very live and practical way and you know students aren't even 
sort of like maybe necessarily cognizant of what they're doing, you know, at, at such a high level. Yeah, and so so like that's that's one of the key things. So for example, um, so I, I I have experience as well of learning through the Bridge Twenty One model, and I also have experience of trying to implement it in the primary school, in 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 that domain. So I'm, I'm a primary school teacher, obviously. Um, one of the things that I found. So you use this. This is your standard classroom. I think we established last night. Is it? I say it's yeah. not my. It's not my standard classroom, and I spent. I won't say all night wondering about this. Thank God, <laughs> but I certainly spent some time wondering about it. Is why not? Like you know, why? Because I've experienced it. I've worked with people. Um, I often highlight that when I, when we we, we started off um, during the masters in technology and learning. That's where I first experienced it. That I worked with in our group, there was a lecturer and he had a doctorate. So when we were working together, his writing skills were were extraordinary. You know, they were so far away from my own mm -hmm. um, when we were sitting down to write that I learned, I suppose I reflected on myself, I learned that my writing skills were maybe I was they were the best in my primary school class but that's because I was the teacher if you know what I mean but mm -hmm. they weren't that good outside of that and that I had um I had skills deficiencies which I needed to develop if that makes sense and yeah. I know that in when you put a group of kids together as well they see something similar I think that's fair to say and there's certainly a motivation there isn't there for them Absolutely. And, and then I, I agree with that. And, and there, so students are uh, seeing and, and actually this is it goes back to if you have someone that is particularly strong and you see that they, what, what I what I've learned to do. And again, this is me reflecting as I said, OK, now make sure, you know, you talk to you say, make sure that you're explaining that to the others in the group. Okay. Yeah. And and so so the, so they they then are getting even more clear in their heads, and they will hopefully they should be explaining it in such a way that the other students can understand it. You know, and that boils down to communication is key. And so yeah. the, the student, let's say the stronger student in this instance, or is is ha might have to temper the words that they use to explain it in such a way so that the other students understand it. And what you're also saying is that um, you're you're giving them the opportunity of what can be done, you know, and this is, oh my goodness, so this is how you work this out. And again, it goes back to different roles. So, you know, they, you could do, like say in, in a computer science project, you would have testers and, you know, in order to test, you're trying to break it, um, but you have to understand what you're trying to break, you know? So, yes. yeah. and it would be the same maybe if, you know, let's say if you go back to, you know, let's say if you're French, you're doing a podcast or you're doing a video. So you want to, you get someone to test the video or, you know, to watch it. Does that make sense? You know, so there's, you know, there's different ways of testing, um, uh, you know, your artifacts, you know, yeah. uh, or you could go back to your users and just say, watch that. Does that make sense to you? You know, and they'll tell you. So that's different ways of testing it. So, so for example, when, when you're the teacher in that, in that, in that um, environment, the kids are working together and there's a there's a zone of proximal development happening naturally because kids have different strengths 
Some kids may be stronger at coding, some may be stronger at algorithmic thinking, some may be stronger leaders, some may be stronger whatever. Do you know what I mean? That's that's happening in there. So like this this is the process, this is the pedagogy. And what what's the role of the technology then in it? So the, the role of the technology is because <laughs> the like that design pro the, the talk the, the role of technology is that it's all been done through technology. So yes. in, in so that that's the role. So it it's and it's it should be, you know, and it takes years, you know, to to teach the like those fifth years and sixth years, they've been doing it with me for four years. So yes. they are so for example, if you know, let's say we'll go back to it happened to be a French class, they are creating a video. So what the, the technology there is they're filming, they're editing, you know, and that that's just part of it. I mean, they the students in, shouldn't even be thinking that of technology. That's just how they do it. And yeah, um, but isn't isn't this the key? Yeah, isn't this the key? Because there is this misconception. Or sorry, maybe there's not a misconception, but certainly, I mean, we, we we touched on this briefly last night. Is that when we talk about the educational use of technology, and I know this from my own research and reading, that often the student learning outcomes that are highlighted are oh the kids were more engaged. The kids were more active in their learning. The kids really enjoyed using technology. And I think, I think we said that that's grand, but you could put a seal up in the front of your classroom for about <laughs> 20 minutes. The kids would be more active, they'd be more engaged and all of that. But when we're talking about education and use of technology, certainly I know from my, my own background, because of the experiences I've had doing a master's and, and trying, trying to um, do a PhD and from experiencing a 21st century learning model, there's much deeper learning outcomes there. And the technology is only used to enhance that learning. Yeah. Is, is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. It, it's it's the vehicle in, in which you are yeah. creating the, the content. And, you know, the content, I, I'm going to try and think of another example. Let's say if it was... Um, like, let's say, okay, home economics, okay? Let's say, what, what's the technology there? So they, you might be making a YouTube video on how to, you know, make, you know, uh, an apple tart, okay? So you think about that, that it, it's quite involved because you have to have your, you know, the oven, the timings, you know, the, here's your, your mats, you know, because, and, and your, your shots and the lighting and make sure that it, what happens if it burns you know there's your problem solving do you have to start over again can you you know so there's there's just so many different ways of uh, of learning so so if you were to look at home economics the, what's the content there is how to to make the apple tart but then yes. you're you're also trying to film it at the same time and 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 all that goes in, and and that would be a really interesting project actually to do because you have someone who has to get their script right and it, i say it's really challenging and you have someone who has to make sure that the the end product looks lovely <laughs> you yes. know yeah 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 that would be really interesting yeah no and and that's the key to this isn't it because again there there, there just is sometimes a I found maybe even I had that myself in the past was that you know if you were a teacher and you were good at technology that meant you were more a modern teacher if you know what I mean or more modern teacher but that's that's not what we're talking about at all like it's it's this deep deep learning which is embedded within these models for example yeah. and then the 
the educational use of technology is just to enhance that, enhance yeah. that learning. But the core of it is this pedagogy, isn't it? It's it's collaborative, it's people working together, people coaching and mentoring each other. As you said, metacognition, having to record the process you're going through, having to reflect on it, present it, be interviewed on it. Like it's a much deeper learning experience maybe than, than people are aware. Because and we mentioned this last night as well, that I know, again, from, from reading in the area, for example, that a lot of teachers tend to agree that certainly constructivist, socially constructivist approaches to teaching and learning are, the, the kids are, they engage in deeper learning, for example. But yes, you often find that there are things which restrict them from actually taking on that approach um, across the whole year. And I, I do this myself and it's, it's, it's bizarre because there are sometimes you walk into my classroom and I'm standing at the, the board and I'm, I'm just demonstrating, you know, it could be long multiplication, it could be long division, but yet in the back of my mind, I know there's a better way of, of learning it. And there are certain barriers there, if that makes sense. So like certainly, um, I know from, from reports I've read, sometimes teachers feel that around exam time, for example, they, they move away from constructive or socially constructive mm -hmm. teaching, they go back to didactic teacher-led um, instruction because they can guarantee the, the students in their classroom will at least be exposed to the content, if you know what I mean. Or there's parental expectations. Like, um, I know you're teaching a new subject, but like have parents, and I suppose not never to name anybody, but have parents ever expressed concerns and say, well, Helen, like, you know, your kids are all working together. Like you're not doing much teaching. Like, or, or have uh, colleagues ever ever kind of mentioned anything anything like that? Because I've had it once or twice in the past, and I can understand why it happened. Do you know? No uh, one said yet. Because, not yet. But I'm waiting. Not yet. No. Yeah. 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 First, like it's. Um, but that that's your background, isn't it? That's your teaching background. Yeah. This is your. This is my this experience. Is your, your, your tabula rasa, isn't that what they call it? The, uh, yeah, this is yeah, your one, yeah. And yeah, do you think yeah. that so was I, different? Like, is that, I don't is that know. beneficial? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's different. Uh, is it beneficial? Well, to me, it makes sense because I, I've seen it in industry. I, I And, you know, yeah. and I, I love reading books about, um, you know, technology and, and projects. And I just, uh, I it's collaboration so communication is really really key but collaboration is also absolutely fundamentally key to to the to group projects and even again i say if you're not if you you know and there's some people who, who you know there's lots of and lots of students who don't like doing group projects you know and yes. but they will they have to work within a team and that that's life you know so but it i suppose in 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 either way it's to understand that there are times when you'll hit a, a, you know, a wall or that you just need to reach out to people, you know, and, and to get different inputs, you know, to bounce the idea off, even if you just talk to somebody uh, and they might not say a word to you <laughs> and yeah. you're, you're, you're talking to them, you know, actually makes it clear to you and you might go back now that, you know, but so that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say there is that, yes, you, you could be, you know, you might like working, by yourself all the time but you, you students have to realize that 
they, they do have to work in, in teams. Yeah. Some might be very tightly coupled, others might be very loose, you know, but you, yeah. you can't, you know, you, you won't go through life working by yourself. So that's why these, these, these key skills are, are really important and that those pedagogical models are really, really important in augmenting these skills and, and highlighting it. And also I would say another sort of experience is like you, yeah, I have to work hard, you have to work hard, at getting students to fill in this design process log you know what i mean they want yeah. to go straight into that project and make the video make the whatever the website whatever you are working really hard to get them used to that, that thinking process you know and yeah. don't, don't think it's easy it's not easy at all uh, to, to to get them to do that you know and you could be breaking habits of uh, of a lifetime as well that, that's a big thing isn't it because i think like at most Certainly, our our generation, um, obviously, the, the teachers now who who are from a different different generation, which is is it's frightening in some ways that we're not the youngest generation anymore. But what what do I mean that I mean that my experiences of teaching learning for the most part were didactic. You know, there was a teacher up at the top of the classroom, and they were teaching. And I think you mentioned this last night that they were very effective teachers as well. Absolutely. For example, and it was. To a certain extent, or some elements of it were um, of huge benefit, if you know what I mean. But yeah. they're not the skills we need anymore. Like, isn't that right? We last night we said that there was what there was um, there was kind of a different reasoning process. That like when when you came out of that sorry when you came out of those primary or secondary school experiences, which have been predominantly didactic, you mm -hmm. you'd a bloody good memory. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you could you could write out answers that you've memorized. But were there skills you were lacking then when you went into industry? Like how was your ability to, to collaborate or how was your ability to take yeah, questions? You know. So so it'll be very interesting. I, I know. Uh, so I would have that would have been my experience of you know primary and secondary school, yeah. what you described. So like when I went into third level, actually, and, and this is decades ago. Um, we actually did have to work, you know, not always, but we did have to do group projects and it was hard, you know, um, yes. and, and, and it caused lots of problems and, you know, people would be trying to, um, you know, get into groups where they knew where all the workers were, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, yeah. it, everyone knows, you know, but, but what I think the, the students now are lucky because they're, they're learning this from a very young age. So hopefully, you know, they'll have, they've, you know, when they go, get on to third level, they, they're, they're more likely, I think, to ask questions, to be more confident in asking those questions because they've been afforded these opportunities to present. I mean, I haven't, I, I don't think I presented until I was in, in uh, working. Yes, yes, yeah. And that's such a necessary skill, isn't it, you know? to be able to present. Uh, you know, and, and then and then now we have this whole dimension where we're going to be, you know, working globally. I, I mean, the, the, com the companies I, I was working in global organizations. So you're talking with people of different cultural backgrounds. And now, yeah. like Ireland is different, when I, you know, much different now to when it was 20 years ago. But it's a given that you're going to be working with people of different cultures, backgrounds. You're going to be working with people who are in different countries, different time zones. Um, you know, some people will be in the room beside you, some won't, and you have to be to that the key skill of communicating, being really clear, 
uh, in the way you enunciate words um, and using words that make sense to everyone in the room, which that, that's quite hard at times, and also collaborating you know, with people that are you know, face to face all around the world, different time zones. These are the skills. But I do think you know, that, that doesn't mean that there will be times when people have to stand up. Teachers will have to stand up and mm. talk to you and explain things that you, you know, that there are times. You know, and I do that. I mean, it's not all yeah. everyone working out in groups and it's all, you know, but, yeah. but you, you, it's a steer. I think it's a, it's a really strong steer. And then yeah, and you, go back to what you were saying there about like sort of, you know, let's say you're heading into the, the last couple of months before, let's say a lead insert exam. You're just trying to make sure that you cover everything. And it's, it's understanding. That's what you want is understanding so that the students you know, feel confident and have practiced enough in yeah. different scenarios, you know. Um, Knowledge creation is possible, but we have come to some form of consensus that it's the pe pedagogy behind it, more so than the technology, which will mm -hmm. enable teachers to actually achieve it. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think um, what's interesting is at the start, we were talking about, you know, sort of uh, blended learning, hybrid classroom, you know, remote teaching, being in the classroom. But I've just sort of, I was just finishing up there saying that when you're working in industry and who knows, but certainly it happens now, students will be with um, their peers in the, in the you know, the, the, the room in the office, say for example, some will be in, you know, dialing in from, uh, you know, some parts, other parts of Ireland, some will be coming from other parts of the world. So they're dealing with people from different time zones, different locations, some through computers, some in front of them. And I think that's why this is a serious opportunity and we, you know, the pedagogy is there that underpins all of this and technology is the vehicle. I don't know if you want to add anything more to that. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely perfect. It's been wonderful talking to you as always, Helen. And likewise, and next time we're going to find more about, you know, sort of practice in the, in the primary school classroom, because I think that would be interesting because like I could learn loads there. Brilliant, brilliant, okay. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you, Hassan, for all of your thank work you, behind Hassan. the scenes. Thank you very much, Dermot and Helen there. I told you you didn't want to miss that conversation. This is going to be an ongoing thing. So we're going to next week, hopefully with a bit of luck, we're going to have a webinar. The webinar is going to be Dermot again, Dermot and Helen. Um, they're going to be answering your questions. What questions you have with regard to blended learning? Uh, what, are the, what are your objectives to blended learning and loads and loads more. So please, we want to, we want to hear from you, but I'll, I'll give plenty of notice. I'll put it up on the SESI list. I'll put it out on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Now the format is going to be simple. Dermot and Helen will go online. We might have a few more uh, presenters and then there'll be you asking the question. So the more of you there, the better. So we really, we genuinely, we do want to hear from you. Um, if you have any questions, you know how to contact us. So until I see you again, take it easy. Take care.